Bigs. Bigs time. Bigs. With Molly and Haw. Bigs time. The Bigs Report with Brad Bigs. Bigs time. Bigs. His name is Brad Bigs. Brad Bigs talks football with you. Molly and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Brad Biggs, the football man of the Chicago Tribune, a long-time contributor to the station and a valued friend. And he joins us now, as all guests do, on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Big Zay. Morning, Brad. Morning, boys. What's going on? Well, you're there. You are in Indy, and you are at the Combine, and uh, and we're going to find out exactly what the Bears' plan is in the offseason, who they'll be taking in the draft, all that stuff when the general manager speaks later this morning. Yeah, he's probably going to pull back the curtain on the whole plan for <laughs> the offseason, right? And he's sure. going to do so in, like, he'll, he'll – he'll, He'll accomplish all that in about like eight minutes and forty seconds. Um, <laughs> just, Boy, let's I, hope I, not, right? I mean, holy cow! And I just uh, had a nice chat with Rick Spielman this morning at breakfast, and he's a little disappointed he hasn't gotten his Molly and Haw T-shirt in the mail for his <laughs> recent appearance. Did I'm you, not kidding. Did you he just give him one? <laughs> no, I don't have any. Uh, he he was under the impression you guys were mailing him one. <laughs> So I might want to talk to Mitch about this. We'll throw in a hoodie uh, because he has earned it. He was great. And, Brad, a lot of conversation, a lot of speculation, a lot of rumors. That's what happens at the Combine. Are you hearing anything? Obviously, the report yesterday from ESPN is no surprise that the Bears are are leaning toward trading that pick. I think the, the question would be when. Could it be as early as this week or do you get any sense of that? I don't have any sense of that at this point. I think that would be a little bit early. Um, you, you can't officially make a trade until the start of the new league year. Of course, you could agree to uh, to terms. Uh, we haven't seen the number one pick traded very often. The last instance was in 2016 when the Rams made a deal with the Titans to move up and get Jared Goff. Prior to the CBA that was put in place in 2011, the uh, it, w- it was more commonplace to see the top pick traded. Reality was, if you had a pick in the top four, you were trying to trade out of that because of the cost. And I'll explain that. In 2010, Sam Bradford was the number one pick by the St. Louis Rams, and he signed a contract for $78 million. Those rookie contracts at the very top of the draft really sort of escalated out of control. And in comparison, Trayvon Walker was taken with the top pick a year ago by Jacksonville, and that contract's worth thirty-seven point four million. So not even not even half of the Sam Bradford deal. So you've got cost control now with these high draft picks, and that's why you haven't seen them traded as often as they were previously. You know. With, 2001, 1997, 1995, the number one pick was traded uh, in all of those seasons. And then, you know, te- if you were picking up there, you wanted to move out of it, but teams didn't want to trade up to it, uh, to that pick and, and be on the hook for that kind of contract. Uh, now teams up there, they're like, hey, if we're not taking a quarterback, we'd love the opportunity to get the best player available here. 
Obviously, the Bears have a whole host of needs that they can help out this year and in years to come if, if they get the right deal uh, from a trade partner. Um, you know, it's it's obvious that there's already things happening in terms of the of the free agent market. We know that uh, that uh, there's one guy that may have captured the imagination of the Bears who's already off that market. We don't know how many guys will be tagged or how it'll work out. I think March seventh is the last day of uh, of that process. But any surprises thus far? Any ideas on how much? they can do before they get to the draft. Yeah, well, I think they can they can do a lot. They've got uh, more cap space than than any other team in the league, so they can be very aggressive with players that they target. I don't think aggressive means, you know, buying as many players as as you want. I think it's it's targeting uh, specific players with specific needs on the roster. I think it's paramount that they um, get players coming out of their rookie contracts, right? I've seen some people uh, project them to sign Javon Hargrave, who's coming off a a career season in Philadelphia uh, as a defensive tackle, and he's had a a fine career to date. And this might have been his best season. Well, it was probably the best defensive line he had ever been on and he's already 30 he might be 31 before the start of the season I look at that as I don't know if that's the kind of player if you're Ryan Poles you want to pursue by the time you get your program really up and running what where is Javon Hargrave at in his career and what are you paying him at that point so Mm -hmm. I would look more at the 26, 27-year-olds that are coming out of that initial rookie contract where you'll feel like we're paying them a premium. In some instances, you're probably overpaying at the start of free agency, but but you're overpaying for a guy who's entering the prime of his career. Brad, I think the value of the number one overall pick depends on the team that's willing to move up to to make that deal to to put themselves in that position. I generally believe and have said that I, if I'm the Bears, don't want to go lower than fourth because it would allow you to accrue draft picks but also be in a position to draft one of the two top defensive players theoretically. Do you have a premise? Do you have a belief going into this, generally speaking, that you think the Bears you know, can go to here but no lower, or do you think that you're open-minded to any possibility? Well, you could go either way. If if you want to put a, a cap on it and you want that cap to be at four, you're you're ruling out obvious, most of the league, right? And I and the Arizona Cardinals aren't going to move up from uh, three, are they? So so now you've got two teams that you're willing to deal with. The return that they would get from Houston, um, flipping from one to two, wouldn't be uh, immense. Right, the Texans wouldn't have to pay some exorbitant price to move up just one spot. I guess that would put the Bears in a position where they can trade again. But if four is your um, your four, you don't want to go any lower than that. Uh, I think you're you're ruling out an awful lot of possibilities. I, I think they've got to be more open-minded, and I understand um, your premise, and it, and it makes a lot of sense. But you're really limiting your options and if you're doing that also um 
if Indianapolis catches wind of that or Houston, you know, maybe they don't want to bid uh, crazy either. So I would imagine that they're probably willing to entertain anything uh, if the offer's right. What um, what what value is this particular time of year for figuring out trade possibilities uh, for, you know, the Bears solidifying whatever plan? I mean, do you, do you believe they'll have a deal in place with multiple teams? How do, how do they talk about parameters at this point? I think you're just I think you're just talking, you know, hey, what what would you be willing to pay? You know, and and some of these complex deals, the Bears would be giving obviously more than the number one overall pick. Maybe you know a team would say, "Hey, we're going to put all of this on the table, and we're going to want uh, the number one pick, and we're going to want a fourth rounder from you next year, or a third rounder." You know, there's just there's going to be a lot of uh, moving parts. So I think you, this is an easy place for people to get together. Obviously, they can do it over the phone. I'm sure some of that has already uh, happened, but there's there's no rush for the Bears. But I think the sooner they could get this done, and when I say sooner, I mean, you know, by the third week of March, if if this is really what what they're they're going to do, then you have more time to set up your plan for the draft. Okay, they've gone from having the number one pick to picking. I don't know, seventh or ninth or fourth, um, and they've got these additional picks. And then you start looking at uh, groups of players that you might be able to get in that range. And it, and what does that also do? It opens up an, a whole host of other trade possibilities as well. Like, you know, I mean, the whole thing is fluid. So they, maybe they strike a deal this week, but um, I, I, it's really early. You just don't see deals typically done. Uh, this early, but this is a you know sort of a unique situation where you've got uh, a, a rare instance of the team with the number one pick definitely um, looking to move out. Brad, I think that what the Bears ideally would like to see is one quarterback create a buzz, a stir, and have this kind of created phenomena. Uh, and Anthony Richardson of Florida is probably the most likely quarterback to do that. He is going to throw. That was his decision in the news that came out yesterday. What do you expect in terms of Anthony Richardson and how possible is it that he could be the player that dictates the course of what happens in the first round as much as any of the other three quarterbacks that are available? I, boy, I'd be surprised if he's the guy that sort of sways what happens with the Bears pick at one. He's got immense physical uh, talent. He's, he's got a cannon um, and throwing – in a setting like this, I think he'll only impress people, but you're going to have concern about um, touch throws, about you know him being able to feather a pass in there, some of those types of uh, uh, things. But he, he's, uh, he's very gifted, and um, he's certainly got a lot more attention than you would have than you would have figured uh, back in say, you know, the middle. Uh, of the college football season, right? He was a uh, he was a dynamic player then, but I don't know that you looked at him and said, "Hey, geez, this guy's a, a top ten pick or something like that." Yeah, you know, I I mean, I I think what's fascinating about the combine is that I you know everybody looks at it. it, it it's it's part convention, and part of it is just figuring out 
uh, the medicals, right? I mean, the only reason it's held in Indy is because of the proximities of the hospitals. There are plenty of guys that don't work out, but you've got to do the kind of medicals. That's what teams are looking for. And if anybody has any kind of a, a, uh, a an issue in their past, they're going to get that poked and prodded and reviewed and MRI'd and x-rayed. And, uh, you know, they're going to look for any reason why somebody shouldn't be drafted as as high as they might be willing to draft a player. So, you know, as much as we talk about the rank and file running and jumping and all that stuff, the, the real, the real kind of meat of the thing is the, is the physicals. Right. And we're going to get an official uh, height and weight for Bryce Young, the Alabama quarterback right. later this week. And there's been all sorts of, wonderment about where he's going to come in. Of course, the Crimson Tide have listed him at uh, six foot, 194 pounds. And I don't think there's anybody in the league that believes he's six foot tall. He might not be 5'11". And um, the 194 for the longest time has been viewed as uh, overly um, generous by folks in the NFL community. So he's been i believe it's been reported working to put on weight right uh this off season so he could do all sorts of things have a bunch of water weight in him show up get weighed and be 10 12 pounds lighter the next day uh so we'll we'll see where he's at uh the tape uh is what uh, ultimately teams want to go back to really evaluate because you you talk to him at the combine you see these on-field drills and you use those on-field drills to it's sort of a okay where does he fall in terms of guys at his position in the league in the various um, drills the forty the the three cone the shuttle you know you're looking at the uh, the jumps things like that to see how explosive a guy is but you're just kind of taking that and you're saying okay well you know where's the range for players in the league where's the range for players that profile for us we're looking for a weak side linebacker what's the what are the physical profiles height weight speed uh you just you kind of just gathering that information and then going back to the tape brad there's a report out of nashville that the bears are going to add a titans assistant coach luke steckel to the staff in some sort of uh, role as a running game coordinator and offensive line assistance. 37-year-old Princeton grad considered an up-and-comer in the profession. What do you know and what impact could he have? Well, what I know is Austin King, who was the assistant offensive line coach this past season, left to join uh, Sean Payton's staff with the Denver Broncos. So um, they needed a uh, – someone to come in and, and be the assistant offensive line coach for Chris Morgan. And uh, it would appear uh, that they've got their guy here with uh, Steckel, but that will likely be the final uh, moving part on Matt Eberflus's coaching staff this off season. I think Austin King had had some interviews with maybe some other teams as well, but he goes to Denver and he goes to the Broncos as, uh, as their assistant offensive line coach, uh, as well, so I, I don't know that King actually got a promotion in joining a new staff. You know, it's interesting. I'm I'm curious. Uh, Steckel, uh, Luke Steckel was the tight ends coach. 
he was moved to a run game analyst, I believe was the position they moved him to, which he now won't do. He'll come to Chicago. But is that was that a um, was that a demotion? I mean, it's not a promotion. Was that a lateral move? Is that why he's come here? Yeah, that's maybe that's something Eberflus can uh, clear up a little bit later on today. But that's a good question, and uh, you know, sometimes guys just want to, you know, get in another spot. Um, so we'll have to uh, we'll have to try to get to the bottom of that. But they've got someone to work alongside. Uh, Chris Morgan, and they're certainly going to have moving parts on that offensive line this season. So, Brad, something nobody really talks about much yet because it's so early in the offseason, but I wonder uh, the Bears, whether or not they're going to draft a quarterback to back up Justin Fields, whether or not they're going to go in the free agent market maybe to find one, a veteran, not that they would go to Carson Wentz in that direction, but he was available after getting cut yesterday. They're going to need somebody to back up Justin Fields moving forward. Do you think that'll come via draft or free agency? Well, I I think they'd have to acquire some more picks to warrant taking a quarterback there. They've just got so many needs. And when you, it's fun to talk about, Hey, they should draft a quarterback with traits kind of like Justin Fields and they can develop them. First of all, that guy's got to be available. You got to identify him. Okay, where is he? What round do we think he's going to go in? And then, and then you got to fire a draft pick on him. And so they'd be using a pick on a player that would you certainly don't want um, a mid to late round rookie quarterback playing for you, right? You want to develop him, but um, it, and you've got a roster with just needs all over the place. I mean, let's offensive line. Uh, they've got to figure out something at the running back position. If they don't re-sign David Montgomery, uh, they need wide receiver help. They need uh, another tight end. They need an entirely new defensive line almost. They need a linebacker. They need cornerbacks. I mean, guys, we went through uh, most positions in a game of football there. So, to me, that's a real luxury item. They do still have Trevor Simeon. Uh, under contract, he he uh, he joined the Bears on a two-year contract last year. So uh, let's just you know let's just talk about how many starters they get out of each market, right? When you get to the draft, you're hoping if they're picking in the top five, they're going to have a starting player. If they're picking in the top ten, they're going to have a starting player. You would hope they can add a couple of starters out of the draft, and will and I guess that it is determined by how much how much. Uh, fuel they get this year or are they looking to have first rounders a couple first rounders for the next couple years their own and whatever one they trade is what is their priority in terms of how quickly they answer those questions brad i mean they got tons of money but you never know how far that goes right and you've got to be careful uh in free agency because it's really easy um but believe it or not it's really easy to do more harm to your roster than help yeah. in free agency. If if you get out of control in free agency, you'll end up hurting yourself more than you will helping yourself. And if you think I'm wrong on that, just go back and look at some of these splurge free agency deals and how they've panned out after three years time for different teams across the league. So how many starters can they get out of the draft? We've, we've got to see what kind of picks they end up with. But you would hope three plus, right? Yeah. I, I you know, and uh, and uh, they, this coaching staff certainly showed 
uh, a willingness to play young guys. Some of that was by necessity, maybe not choice this past season. Young guys are going to have an opportunity, and they've got to go out and they've got to get uh, starters in in free agency. Now, uh, how many of them are going to be frontline guys or guys that you view as um, part of the long-term plan? Maybe that number approaches uh, three again, something like that. Um, They will be active in free agency. There's no question. Great stuff, Brad. Look forward to hearing what's said today and your take on it again tomorrow. Thanks, Brad. Thank you, buddy. Have a great day, guys.